Welcome to today's edition of the Blazing Grace Show with your trio of hosts, Jason Graves, Rob McIntyre, and Mike Janung. Blazing Grace covers blazing issues with grace-filled answers. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Time to blaze. Here are your hosts, Jason, Rob, and Mike. Mom, why should I wait to have sex? Well, good question, and we're going to answer that question today with a special guest who has written a book by the same name. Mom, why should I wait to have sex? Having the answers that matter to your daughter and becoming your daughter's ally in developing a healthy sexual identity with Sharon Hirsch. Welcome to the program, Sharon. It's great to be with you. And another paraphrased title for the book is Mom, Sex is No Big Deal, which is what we hear from teenagers way, way, way too often. Mm. Yes. Oh, yes. That is true. Well, we're here with uh, Rob McIntyre, and of course, as you know, folks, uh, Mike Janung is taking the month off to finish his book, and we just learned that he is uh, done with the content and just uh, in the editing phase, so we're excited to go. have him back yeah. shortly. Yeah, so. have a couple authors on board here. Yes, yeah. yes. Well, Sharon, well, welcome. Well, you know, uh, just to give our listeners an update about who you are, uh, Sharon Hirsch, folks, is a licensed professional counselor and the mother of two teenagers. Uh, Mom, Sex is No Big Deal is the fourth release uh, in her hand-in-hand series for mothers of adolescent girls. And she is the director of Women's Recovery and Renewal, a retreat ministry to struggling women and their caregivers. And uh, sought after speaker, Sharon lives with her family in good old Denver, Colorado, right in our backyard here. And her official website is www.sharonhirsch.com. That's S-H-A-R-O-N-H-E-R. S-H. Well, Sharon, want you want to give a little breadth to that introduction? Um, I will. I'll <laughs> tell, tell us you, who you are. two bookend stories um, that really led me to write this book that I did not want to write. Mm. Um, when my daughter was a freshman in high school, um, she's now a sophomore in college, she got in the car one day and she just started crying. Mm. And I said, honey, what's wrong? And she said, mom, sometimes it just gets to you. Mm-hmm. All of the sexual jokes and innuendos mm-hmm. and pressure. And she was a pretty popular girl and she felt it from all sides. Mm-hmm. And um, the other end of that um, bookend is when she was a senior in high school, um, the boys had a bet as to who would be the first to get her to have sex. Mm-hmm. I was I was irate. I bet. Yeah. And um, she was like, mom, you know, they know me. But I remember one night riding in the car, going to a speaking engagement with her, and she just, in a really tired voice, said, Mom, remind me, remind me why I want to wait to have sex. Hmm. Hmm. And I knew it was a code question for thousands of conversations. And um, I was able to simply answer her with another code word that she knew meant many, 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 many conversations that we'd had. I said, because, my dear daughter, you want more. Hmm. And um, as I began to work on this book, I felt at first hopeless. I felt we live in a sexually saturated culture where the enemy has already won, and it's just assumed that teens are going to have sex. And as I began to work on this book, I realized that more than that, the sexually saturated culture reveals a generation of teens who are looking for a lover. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And um, that sex can be the very context in which we introduce them to God and the fact that sex is a big deal because they are a big deal. Amen. Wow. Yeah, you know, it's it's amazing, Um, you know. You have a saying here in, in your press release that says, um, you know, part of your heart is to, to alert mothers that 
if we believe our daughters are safe regarding sex in modern times because they have a purity ring and a promise or because they've completed a sex education course, we are naive. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, um, a lot of those kids out there have these promise rings and whatnot. But I was reading recently, you may have heard the same, that most of those kids, a staggering number of those kids, do not honor that pledge. They... No, in fact, the stats show that over 80% of kids who make a purity pledge do not keep it. Right. And then and... when questioned about it, a lot of the kids don't even, they don't even admit making the original pledge. <laughs> It sounds like it sounds like us as a nation, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and also, I think, especially for kids who grow up in faith-based homes, yeah. um, to admit that I made a mistake, um, it, it just feels like I have completely, utterly failed because we hold up sexual purity as this ideal, and it is an ideal. Mm-hmm. But like yeah. every other sin or foolish mistake and decision we make, there's grace. And there's an opportunity to begin again. So one of the principles in my book for the essentials of sex education for parents is that just because you've blown it doesn't mean it's all over. Right. 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 Yeah. And, and, you know, and and we mentioned before the recording um, that, uh, you know, we're, we, we deal with sex addicts and, and that's the same thing with sex addicts is trying to get them to believe that there's something beyond their, their, their mistake, something beyond the addiction. So that's a that's a great point, and and it's important because these kids they're really going to um, spring forth with a lot of their problems right from their first, second, and third mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. They really will, and especially I think girls in particular. And I'm not trying to be stereotypical. I know you guys have boys, and I have a son as well, and and boys have stories too, and they long for more than just sex, um, as the myth of our culture, um, I'm afraid, puts out. They long mm-hmm. for relationships as well, right? But girls are almost always the ones who pay. Right. Yeah. And um, then they begin to feel like, I'm not worth it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not worth it, then I'm going to enter into one addictive relationship after another. Yeah, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Now, talking about the differences for just a second here. Now, Rob uh, did grow up with brothers and sisters. I only had brothers. Uh, Rob has got uh, three boys. I have no children. So you being, you know, in the ideal position here with both uh, a son and daughters. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're not focusing on sons today. We want to, you know, guys get enough attention, right, Sharon? Uh, so th- <laughs> let's, let's focus on the women. And let's talk for just a second about the distinctives of women or, or girls and sexuality. What sets them apart and how are they different? Mm-hmm. Let, help us understand a little bit about that world. Well, you might, this might surprise you, but I'm afraid they're not as different as we used, as we used to know they were. Hmm. Um, you know, in, in our sexually saturated culture, where we watch shows like Friends, mm-hmm. and um, a hero is Joey, whose oh, yeah. character is so likable, and his mm-hmm. M.O. is to sleep with a girl, every girl, on the first right. date. Right. doesn't even know her name, and we laugh, and boys think that's what boys do. That's yeah. what men are. Right. And... Um, Yet, 33% of all boys um, say they felt pressure by girls to have sexual intercourse. Mm. We have a culture that of growing sexually aggressive girls. Now, why has that happened? It's because teenagers do not know that their private parts are connected to their hearts. And mm. when they join one another, whether it's in oral sex or in sexual intercourse or fondling, and they, they join their hearts. Because their hearts are connected to their private parts. And then they separate casually. 
they don't even know each other's name, um, and they tear off a part of their heart. Yeah. In order to in order to live with that, then you have to harden your heart. And so I'm afraid what is happening is both boys and girls with regard to sex are becoming hardened in their hearts, and that is the tragedy um, because they tear off a piece of their heart again and again and again, mm-hmm. and um, then they cannot be available to really connect eventually in a meaningful relationship right. where everything is connected holistically as it's supposed to be. Right. Now, I may have kind of a, a silly question here, but uh, how big of an impact is mom to their daughters in this in this uh in this situation on them walking out purity? Oh, it's not a silly question at all. It's a, it's a big question. And, in fact, I think stats show that um, when moms are actively involved, especially with their daughters, talking specifically about every subject that's out there, that, in other words, we're not afraid to talk about oral sex and French kissing and masturbation because we know they're talking about it. They're having hundreds of thousands of conversations a year, and we're having one big talk. Right. Right. Um, if we were having at least half as many conversations this year, um, teenagers are impacted by their parents. In fact, 84% of all teens say that their parents are their most influential people in their lives. Hmm. So, so we just need to underscore that. If you are a parent of a child, male or female, you have the responsibility and the privilege to really impact your kids sexually for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. Right. But we have to be not afraid to talk about sex. I mean, body, soul, and spirit. Right. Yeah. We can't just get the books out that show the biology. Right, right, right. Um, and that's I, what they do in the sex ed classes. I was just interviewed by the Chicago Tribune and asked, why is my book different? Hmm. And because they recognized it is different. Any book out there teaching parents about sex ed basically talks about kids are going to do it. This is the biology. This is how they can say say stay safe what my book talks about is that sex is deeply spiritual Mm -hmm. we make a mistake when we talk to teenagers about sex only on a fleshly level or a moral level right um teenagers are deeply spiritual sure um barner recently did a um, research group that said 64 percent of all teens said that they were spiritual and so we need to parent the whole child and teach why sex is deeply spiritual yeah. and connect that to the process of the education as well. Yeah, I think it's uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. It says, be sanctified, body, mind, and spirit. But mm. yet, how many times do we overemphasize one of those? We, we, we focus solely on the intellect or we focus a lot of times in the church just solely on the spiritual. Right, right. When right. We, we really need to be, be cleaned up and educated and and sanctified in all of those areas. Now, if I'm a parent, uh, there are going to be some curveballs that my kids are going to throw me that I need to anticipate. And one of them, in in part two, you talk about chapter five, mom, it's not the same as when you were a teenager. Can you help delineate and debunk that myth? Um, That it's not the same? Yeah, well, well, Um, if, if, if I hear that from my child... I think I would be less uh, likely to, to really deal with things, and, and I think I would maybe let that distract me a little bit. And I'm just wondering, how do you deal with that when it comes up? If your teenager is saying it's not the same as when you were a teenager, what, what do you need to say? 
um, it's not the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have some of the same desires and um, some of the same temptations, mm-hmm. um, but the prevalence of sexual activity among teens, this weekend 50% of all teenagers in high school will have sex. Right. Now, the good news is 50% won't. Right. And we need to stress that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but we need to become informed with all the language. Um, um, I recently just heard from some teenagers that the new language is that oral sex is the ticket to having a relationship. Mm. Um, and so we need to become familiar with the language. I mean, I think the book Mom, Sex is No Big Deal is a great resource because it talks about real sex. Mm-hmm among real teenagers today. It does not put its head in the sand. And one of my favorite stories in the book is a mom who is a hero to me, who she made a scrapbook for her daughter. And she took every subject, every language she could hear about, terms like hooking up, Uh um, oral sex, French kissing, um, and she, um, friends with benefits. She made pages about these. And she took cool pictures from Mm. teen magazines or quotations, and then she made a column on one side Mm. where she wrote what she thought about this, Mm. maybe even what she had experienced. And then on the other side, she let her daughter dialogue honestly about her questions and what she thought and what she heard from her friends. And there was no judgment back and forth. It was dialogue. Mm -hmm. And for this mom, especially on the page about oral sex, at the end, the daughter eventually wrote, I do think oral sex is sex. Um, And this girl who is now 23 years old and just got married, her husband thanks his (laughs) mother-in-law over and over again this scrapbook because it was a true sex education. Right. Right. Wow. Wow. You know, it it, it amazes me that as, as a society that really pushes sex, we're totally missing you know, some of the, the, the greatest parts of sex. And, and in your opinion, Sharon, what is really missing out there? I know you talked a little bit about sex education as far as it being just biological, but from your perspective, what's missing in the church? Well, what's missing in the church, that's a great question, because in the culture we say sex is no big deal. Um, in fact, it's fun and it's pleasurable and um, everybody's doing it. Right. In the church, we say sex is a really big deal, but we don't talk about why. Right. And, and so why? And, and, and in your opinion, you cover that in the book? I do cover why sex is a big deal, because sex is the primary reference point for our understanding our relationship with Christ, mm-hmm. um, where we become one with Him. Right bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. And you see the enemy wins when he makes us think sex is no big deal. Then we may think that a relationship with Jesus is no big deal either. Right. You know, uh, Tozer wrote The Pursuit of God in one of the chapters when in there. He says that you actually have intercourse with God. And I thought, wow. And that puts that all together that, you know, intercourse with with your, your mate is is at the same level of uh, as our our time with God, and it's this powerful, powerful experience where life is given reciprocally. And and you know, I just really appreciate you you bringing that out again for today. Mm-hmm. Well, my pastor says it this way, and I love this quotation. He says, "Do you see why God is so continually concerned with our sexuality, and do you see why Satan continually tries to desecrate it? Mm-hmm. Because it's God's premier reference to His relationship with us." 
his delight in us, how he bears fruit through us, Mm -hmm. communion in the sanctuary of the eternal covenant of grace. Can teenagers understand that? You bet they can. Sure, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, you talk to, uh, and, and by the way, if you're just tuning in, we're meeting with Sharon Hirsch, who is a licensed professional counselor and author of Mom, Sex is No Big Deal, Becoming Your Daughter's Ally and Developing a Healthy Sexual Identity. And we're talking about how mothers can influence their daughters and how they can help shape and, and shape their identity and sexually and steer the ship through those rough waters mm-hmm. we call adolescence. And anyway, one of, the things I'm, one of the things I'm wondering about is that, you know, we tend in the church, Sharon, to blame, you know, like Bill Clinton for the whole I did not have sexual relations mm-hmm. with that woman thing. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's really fair. I, I really think that we, uh, as human beings, in our brokenness, in our sinfulness, we are selfish. And the Bible even says, look, I mean, like uh, each each one has gone, uh, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Each one right. has gone their own way. Mm-hmm. And I really think it's just more about the, the sinful nature of man. Um and and I'm just wondering, you know, when you look at that kind of pluralistic society that says, you know, mom, we're not really having sex because, you know, we don't call oral sex sex. Um, and, and that selfishness that says, mom, you know, I love him. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. about that feeling. Mm-hmm. Or mom, hey, it's, it's my body. How do we equip parents? I mean, obviously, we're going to give away uh, some copies of your book. And, and folks, if you want a copy of, of Sharon's book, we've got four copies available. So just send an email to mike at blazinggrace.org and we'll get that out to you. Um, but, you know, how do we inform them outside of this? Uh, you've got some resources I noticed in the back, but how can a parent really educate themselves about how to steer this ship for their kids? Well, I think we have to understand that um, rather than being disgusted by a culture of teenagers who maybe are um, picking up on some of Bill Clinton's legacy. Mm-hmm. I do think something lies there with him. Yeah. But rather than being disgusted with our daughters, being disgusted with a girl who would get down on her knees in a basement and give a boy oral sex, mm-hmm. we need to understand that she's longing to connect right. with him. Right. She's longing for a relationship. And likewise, boys are not just these animals who only want to be sexually gratified. Right. They long for relationships, too. And sure. so as parents... We need to understand how important relationships are to our teenagers. Mm, First of all, with us. The average teenager has eight minutes of meaningful conversation with a parent a day. Wow. Wow. What does that teach them about the importance of relationships? Yeah. Mm. Amazing. Well, you make such a great point is that we're talking about a legitimate need at at the bottom of all this. Right, but teenagers who do not have impulse control. Mm-hmm. So they have a brain and a body that are not in sync yet. Right, right, right. Yeah. And so as we emphasize to them, first of all, relationships mm-hmm. and um, how they can have those meaningful relationships and will facilitate them by having an open heart, an open home, um, by giving grace and extending forgiveness and acceptance and still wanting them even after they make mistakes. Um, But also, it's interesting to me that for girls, the greatest detriment to having early sexual activity is not faith, it's not family, it's sports. Mm. And I began to think about why is that? Mm. And having a daughter who is very involved in all kinds of sports and um, 
watching her one night on the basketball court, um, I realized how alive she was out there. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, we have a culture of teenagers who are bored to death. Right. Mm-hmm. And so sex is a place to feel alive. Right. And so we have a responsibility to, first of all, tell our teens they were meant to feel alive, yeah. to feel powerful, to make an impact on their world. And as parents, we have to help them find a context where they can be successful at that. Right, right. Absolutely. So let's do a little role playing for just a second here. Okay. okay. So a, a lot of folks have um, challenges uh, uh, talking to their kids. So with just a couple minutes left, um, if I'm your daughter or your son, and, and, and you want to talk to me about sex, how would you approach that? And then maybe I'll throw you a curveball or two and see how you, <laughs> let's see how you respond to it. Okay? Here we go, Sharon. So go ahead. Are we talking about early on or we're talking about? Yeah, let's, let's call it maybe one of the, the initial discussions about sex. Okay. Um, so when you have the big talk, I think you make it special. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get a manicure, you get a pedicure. Um, you talk about how our bodies were made for pleasure. Mm-hmm and how that pleasure was designed by God to be experienced in a covenant relationship. Mm-hmm. And um, you answer any questions, and maybe you start your scrapbook, mm-hmm. and she's going to be embarrassed and feel a little awkward, mm-hmm. and you're going to say, we're going to talk about this hmm. hundreds of times, anytime you want to, and it'll just come up when we're watching TV uh-huh. or watching the OC on Thursday night, if you watch that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, we're going to talk about this. Mm-hmm. And so maybe a lead-in comment. How would you start that? How would you just get the ball rolling? What would you say to your kid? Um, I probably have one of the most important conversations that I'm ever going to have with you mm. because it's going to shape mm. wow. what you believe about yourself right. the mm. rest of your life Right. because we are sexual beings. Um, but then I'll throw you a curveball. Um, <laughs> um, my daughter comes home from a movie, calls me from a movie um, because she's not driving yet. Uh-huh. She's been with a boy. And um, he's and she's given me permission to talk about this. Um, she's tried. He's tried to touch her breast during the movie. Oh. Um, she jumps up. She says, "I feel sick. I'm going to call my mom. I'm going home." Wow. Um, so she calls me, and um, uh, I'm freaking out a little bit, wanting yeah. to go find this boy with a baseball bat. <laughs> right, right, right. And, go, mom. Um, so then the next morning, I get out my middle school yearbooks. Uh huh. And start showing her my boyfriends. Mm-hmm. And she's asking, was everyone that ugly back oh, then? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, no. And um, I began to tell her of a few of my first sexual encounters where okay. I did not do what she did. Wow. I went numb. Oh. Um, and how that shaped the rest of my life. Right. Um, because I didn't learn to find a voice until I was much older in life. So you have to be really but, open and, and candid with your kids and, and not be afraid to let them learn from your mistakes. I think that's right. so important. Especially when it's for the purpose of right. really guiding them um, towards something life-giving, not Amen. towards something dark. You don't want to bond over darkness. Right, right. right. This is for me to say to her, you know what, I am so proud of you. Yeah. You did something I didn't do. Right. Amen. Yeah. Well, listen, we need to wrap up, but listen, Sharon, it's been such a pleasure. Amazing. Uh, if you want more information about Sharon, go to SharonHirsch.com. Uh, we've got four copies of her book, Mom, Sex is No Big Deal, Becoming Your Daughter's Ally and Developing a Healthy Sexual Identity. So just email us at mike at blazinggrace.org and tune in next week. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and may God bless your day.
Thank you for tuning in to this edition of the Blazing Grace Show. We trust today's broadcast helps bring you closer to God and to what God desires for your life. Blazing Grace is a listener-supported mission intended to help listeners around the world. Your support is vital in keeping that mission alive. We ask you to prayerfully consider sending a tax-deductible gift to Blazing Grace. It would be gratefully appreciated. You can send your monetary gift to Blazing Grace, P.O. Box 625. 521 Colorado Springs, Colorado 80962-2521. That's Blazing Grace, PO Box 62521, Colorado Springs, Colorado 80962-2521. Want to learn more about Blazing Grace? Find us on the internet at www blazinggrace.org that's triple w b l a z i n g g r a c e dot o r g forward slash radio dot h t m on that page you'll find a downloadable copy of this show or you can visit oneplace.com under ministries look for blazing grace radio if you want help resolving a sexual addiction you can reach rob mcintyre and jason graves toll free by dialing 877-590-SOUL that's 877 877- 7685 Desire for a specific subject to be covered on Blazing Grace? Tell Mike Janung what you want covered. You can email Mike at Mike, the symbol at blazinggrace.org. We look forward to sharing more blazing issues and grace-filled answers next time. Thanks once again for listening, and may God shine his grace upon you.